You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Steps into it, passes, This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. A quick shout out to our friends at Summit Orthopedics before we get to a fun special guest on today's episode. Maybe you're on the injured list. Huh, Judd, maybe you got a little sore back that keeps you limited from playing football. I got a lot of aches and pains. I'm going to tell you that right now. 54, mentally it's great. Physically, it hurts a little bit. That's tough, yeah. It's a struggle. Well, if that's the case, Summit Orthopedics can help you out. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments. And if you're really hurting, Summit Orthopedics also offers walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. Gentlemen, Vikings and Bears tonight. U.S. Bank Stadium, ESPN, ABC. And we know a guy that can help set the table and talk about this football game. His name is Joe Buck. Joe Buck making his Purple Daily debut. Wow, man. I, uh, first of all, Judd and I are the same age, which I don't know if I should be excited about that or disappointed, but we are. Disappointed. Uh, we should ask the audience, what does the age gap look like between Judd and Joe on the screen here? Is it 12 years? Is it? Well, is it 10 years? Is, Joe looks great. Judd, you look that, great. So, it, it, Judd, what are you, 87? 87 high school? Is that, is that how we do it? 88. Oh, 88. Well, God, you're younger in some ways. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm glad you played the uh, the Diggs uh, touchdown sideline. Unbelievable Vikings win instead of Randy Moss. So that's good. So we're ahead of the uh, yeah. we're ahead of the curve here. Good, good for me. Yeah. Where does that where- – if you were to personally rank your calls, like in moments like that, huge games and things, where does that rank among your greatest, like, instinctive moments to use as few words as possible to set a scene and then just let the thing breathe? That's a really well-asked question because that's exactly what you try to do, I think, in those moments. Um, when people ask me, forget that that I'm on with you guys, people ask me, what's your favorite call of your career they go what's your favorite baseball call what's your favorite football that's always my favorite football call because it's a walk-off moment you don't really get that very often in football compared to baseball obviously um and if you do it's usually the kicker which which in that moment I think the the instinct I think for Diggs was unbelievable because he made that catch and you're thinking okay they got a shot at the game-winning field goal and he turns around and nobody's there. And it was right down in front of us in this incredible great stadium with the best view we could possibly have. And I'm your your natural instinct is to go, okay, get out of bounds. And he spins around, nobody's there, and he goes down the sideline and they walk off with with the win. I mean, it it was the easily 
the most exciting singular moment that, that I've ever been a part of calling games for now 30 years uh, uh, on the network level. I think, well, I don't know if, if, you, if you have stopped, I mean, you're, you're doing, you know, so many sporting events over your career. I don't know if you ever stopped to think about that for Minnesota sports fans, your family has such a special connection. Your father with, we'll see you tomorrow night, game six, 1991. You could say that your family has the most recognizable TV calls for both the Minnesota Twins in their history and Minnesota Vikings with the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, and, and that call from my dad, um, you know, for the great Kirby Puckett, uh, it was, you know, such such a nice nice person and, and friend to my dad um, and somebody he really admired. And, and at that time, a lot of people don't remember this, but we do in the Buck family, that was a really rough year for him. I mean, it was not going great on TV. He was paired with Tim McCarver. The two were kind of missing – each other on air. My dad was more of a radio guy. And that that singular moment for him was the highlight of a two-year run doing national baseball on CBS. And and he was an older guy. And I remember where I was when Kirby hit it. And with the plexiglass above the wall at the metronome, that's a hard call it, with, with all the Homer hankies and everything else. So I can tell you just mechanically – seeing that white ball go over that plexiglass with where he hit it and the Homer hankies and everything else. I was like, Oh my God, please let this actually be a home run <laughs> so that he didn't screw it up. And it was yeah. great. And and then I called it back almost 20 years to the day uh, later uh, with, with the David freeze home run mm. in St. Louis. So uh, yeah. And, and I married into a, into a family from Shakopee. So uh, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I've got Minnesota all over me. So I to, to go back to, to your dad because I don't know if if you asked him about this Joe before he passed but I've always wondered first of all that call is a great call but it's a great TV call for a guy that didn't really do t- TV um, but what people don't recall they hear it but they don't remember this is the Kirk Gibson home run call in Game One eighty eight which was actually called on TV by Scully. But he did a marvelous job and basically just let the pictures paint themselves. So your dad's call, which I think was on CBS radio, is the predominant call because he actually had to describe it. And I'm just curious, what was the instinctual thing for, for a guy that wasn't a TV guy three years apart to provide one of the greatest World Series radio calls, but then to follow it up with a TV call in the same for, for a, a very similar type of huge World Series moment? Yeah, man, I, I never really put together that it was it was that close uh, to one another. Um, you know, my dad's life really took a big turn when, and this is way in the weeds, but but they had followed, uh, they had fired CBS had fired Brent Musburger, so my dad got elevated to that spot. He was supposed to do the number two game with Jim Cott, which would have been awesome, uh, but instead he's doing the number one game. I think my dad, when, when I say, and I don't know that people really get it, you know, the difference between a radio call and a TV call, the TV call, you know, you're, you're in, a, in a dome with everybody going crazy and people can see that. So you can just put an exclamation point on it, like the Diggs touchdown call, and you can just let the director go crazy and show, you know, Diggs and the coaches and the crowd and people crying and and you don't need to put words to that. On radio, obviously, you've got to describe the whole situation. And and somebody played the entire call for me recently because all anybody really hears 
you know, as far as a clip is I don't believe what I just saw. But there's so much more to it with Gibson going around the bases. And by the time he gets home, you know, just the the sheer amazement that my dad had. He was a very emotional guy uh, that played into him being a great radio person. He loved those moments. And the emotion, I think, coming out of, of seeing this incredible feat of a guy that could barely get up out of the dugout to go hit that home run, I, I think just overwhelmed him. So he's it's just a really genuine call. You do the TV call, it almost feels like cheating, uh, which he did three years later. And, and you just make the call and, and you just shut up and, and watch everybody go crazy. Yeah. And by the way, I, I, we'll talk more about this here in a few minutes, but your appearance today is presented by Sound Story. And just this is sort of a storytelling first eight minutes of this discussion. Um, and so we will tell the audience more about Sound Story here briefly. But as it, you, you, you made a, a reference to the dig sideline touchdown, at least we didn't play the Randy Moss clip in 2004. When you let me ask you this, because you know, your relationship with Vikings fans, peop, and we've always said, guys, it's been 20 years, for God's sakes, or it's been five years, 10 years. And people just hold sports grudges. But when yeah. you made the, did you sort of feel a change in the way Vikings fans looked at you after the Minneapolis miracle? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't have to be, uh, you know, a great trial attorney to go, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I hear your complaints about right. Joe Buck <laughs> and the Randy Moss, but let me. This is Exhibit B, and this is this is an incredible moment that he got to be a part of. You know, I hear the Randy Moss thing, and, and I, I'm guilty of bringing it up this morning. I feel like it's kind of a cloud that follows me around when I'm when I'm up here. Um, and I know people think about it, and I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. If there's one team I can be a fan of, it's the St. Louis Blues. And if somebody said that from the national side and said that about my guy, no matter what was going on, I wouldn't like it. And, and I, I hear back, I hear that back, and it kind of gives me – a little bit of a jolt because I'm like, man, I can't believe that that's what came out of my mouth, but I have to live with that. And, I, and I'm not saying that I, I regret it, but it feels a little over the top. Um, as much as I live with the dig sideline touchdown, unbelievable. I mean, there's, it's just how you react in the moment. I didn't go to the stadium that day, you know, thinking that, well, when there's a walk-off, touchdown and Diggs scores this crazy touchdown here's what I'm going to say right. and and I just have to live with what comes out of my mouth so if it were today I think in a different atmosphere I don't think those words would have come out of my mouth the irony of it is my wife preceded me at ESPN and of all the people I got to know best and all the people who treated my wife the best on the set at Monday Night Football was Randy and yeah. he and I have become really good friends and I don't think Randy cares about it so uh no you know, I, I guess I'll just move on, and, and hopefully everybody else can too. It didn't. It didn't help that R Red McCombs spent the next week trying to get you taken off the playoff deported. game. I think he I, wanted me <laughs> deported. <laughs> I was. I was at, at the time. If you you were called doing the TV media column for sports at the Star sure. Tribune, yeah. So I had course. to. I had to keep trying to contact you. Because like it went from well, Red's upset about this to Red. Red is demanding Fox take Joe Buck off that game, and and like this, if if it was a smoldering fire, you know, burning a bit, right? Red like took gasoline and a match and threw it right on there. So that like That's that right. was that next week because I remember oh, purple the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, crazy. I, it, it was it was crazy. I remember being in a movie 
with my girls who were little at the time. And that whole thing broke. And I was like, wait, what am I, am I going to get to do the game? And, and then, you know, like all things they pass, I think it's part of growing up. I think it's part of understanding the world around you and knowing that everybody goes crazy, especially now more than even then everybody goes crazy for, for five minutes and then they're on to the next thing. But it, it was, it was, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was rough. I don't like that. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a pleaser. I like everybody to like me. And when you, uh, when you get into the, into the boiler uh, like that, it's like, ah, man, this is, it's going to be hard to show my face. Uh, but you grow up and you move on and you, you learn and, and it's all a part of my history, which I wouldn't trade for anything. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So you've just sort of fast forwarding to we have a game tonight and um, and the Vikings have you know, they lost last week to the Broncos. But I feel like that win against the 49ers was such a when you called the Monday night game about a month ago. That was such a pivot point for the Vikings because if they lose that game, now they might go into selling mode at the trade deadline and it kind of launched them into a month of, of winning football, getting them back into the playoff mix. So you've had prep conversations. You've been in meetings. You've called a Vikings game a month ago. Just what are your general observations about this current Vikings team, Joe? Well, I mean, I, I know that the national perspective is always different than the people, the, the, the boots on the ground that are here that, that have complaints and, I think you have a hell of a head coach and I, I, I think he should get a lot of credit for holding this team together. I mean, you see what's happened with the jets and you see what's happened with, with the way that offense isn't doing literally anything. Uh, and you can look at this Vikings team. You haven't had Justin Jefferson, who's I think the best receiver in the game. You haven't had Kirk cousins. Now you bring in Josh Dobbs, I think journeyman sometimes has a negative connotation, and, and I don't think it does in the case of Dobbs. I, I think he deserves credit for being adaptable and learning offense after offense. But, the, you know, you don't have Cam Akers, who I think was just starting to ascend, and now he's out. You're missing big pieces on the defense, and yet here you are at 6-5, and five, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And I think, you know, a favorite tonight should win. Um, I think he's done a great job, and, and I think – that this team, you know, has a lot of decisions to make going forward with who they bring back and how much money they want to allocate to these different spots. But I think, you know, on the heels of the firing of Frank Reich five minutes after he was hired by Carolina, uh, you realize how hard these guys are to find. So you're starting with some something really good in a smart head coach who's got this team playing really well despite a lot of things against it. And, and that's my perspective. I, I think they're a dangerous team. I think Brian Flores has done a great job with his defense. I think he's getting squeezing the most out of it with all this blitzing. And, you know, who knows? You get into the tournament and crazy things happen. And I mentioned the Blues. They were the worst team in the NHL. Then they went on that year and, and won yeah. the Stanley Cup as an undermanned team. So get in and take your chances. Joe, as well, um, you've been doing play-by-play 
of this league back full time? Because I, I know there was a stint at Fox and then you left for a while since what, 2002 or so, 2003 when, when you came back? Yeah, no, I, I, I was doing the NFL throughout. So I've, I've been calling oh, you NFL were okay. games you know, since 94. What do you, um, to, to go back through the course of your time then doing play-by-play of th- this league in that time, what do you like the most that's changed and what do you dislike the most that's changed about this game? Well, I can tell you, you don't care about my life, but I, it's different being at ESPN um, compared to Fox because at Fox we could follow the hot team. You know, you've got a slate of games and all of a sudden if the Lions, for example – uh, get hot, you can go, well, hey, all of a sudden the Lions-Vikings game looks a hell of a lot better now than it did when the schedule came out in May. Um, but we have our set schedule, and so here we are tonight, and it's a really good schedule, but it's a different feeling. I, I think um, I think officiating has, has changed, and, and I think there's such a microscope on it that the flow of the game has changed because it's so start, stop, start, stop, because these guys almost, I think they feel like, am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right call? They get together, they huddle, they talk to New York. They And it's just, there's no flow to games like there used to be. And I think everybody is so ready to dissect and see that the tip of the ball was down one millimeter before the goal line. And, and I think even back when I started, it was like, Okay, that looks like a touchdown. Move on. I mean, we we don't have to place it at the one millimeter line and then you know go back and run another play. So I I think officiating has changed. I think it, it's an it's an impossible job that these people have to do, and uh, and and I think that's led to more of uh, a lack of flow in these games that uh, that that makes it a little harder to call, and I think uh, a little harder to watch as well. I think you've kind of nailed it. We do this with baseball, too, where we, you know, fans and media, are the umpires getting worse? Are they worse now than they've ever been? Our officials, no, we're, we're literally watching in 4 and 8K definition on 70-inch flat screens. When you started, yeah. we had box Zenith TVs, right? Yeah, it's- I mean, go back and watch the MLB games. Go to the MLB network or go back and, and watch an NFL game. And, and your natural instinct is to go, wait, wait, did he catch that? And, and when you're watching how it used to be done, or was he really out at first base? I mean, it kind of looked like he – I sound like Roman. It kind of looked like he, he, he beat that at first base. But back then it's like, all right, move on. Let's go. And now I don't know, Jim, Jim. I don't I, know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I – uh, <laughs> and God love him for his passion. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's off the charts. I, I think, you know, we were more conditioned then to just kind of let it go and move on to the next play. I mean, those umpires were not getting everything right. It's just that there were less eyes and less technology looking at it to where now we have to go back and, and we have replay in baseball. And I mean, it's just become, it feels very litigious in some weird way. Yeah. It does. Um, hey, this has been awesome, and we appreciate you coming on the show here, uh, presented in part by Sound Story, which, so we just started talking about Sound Story last week on Purple Daily, and the audience kind of knows, so uh, not to make this about me, but just a quick story. My grandfather played football at Notre Dame 100 years ago, fought in World War II. Uh, he was a barnstorm pitcher, pitched against Satchel Page. He died 20 years before I was born. So I've never heard his voice. I've never heard his stories from a first-person perspective. 
And that's where Sound Story comes in. So Sound Story is a professionally produced hour-long conversation where you or one of your loved ones can be interviewed by your choice of professional inter- I would say your choice of professional interviewers or me at mysoundstory.com. <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, got an email from someone this morning saying, hey, my dad's going to sit down with you, uh, Phil, and tell some stories. And I'll say, I will try my best to not ruin your family story. But uh, Sound Story starts at just $3.99. But today, it's Cyber Monday today. Go to mysoundstory.com, enter the promo code PURPLE, and get the special of 20% off a gift certificate for Sound Story. Uh, and, Joe, I know you're involved, and uh, and this is a, a company and and just, I think, a platform that is near to you. So I'll give you a minute here to, to speak. Yeah, I'll try to do it in a minute. I I think exactly what you said is, is why this is, this has value. Um, My grand, it feels like we have the same grandfather. My grandfather played in the NFL for the bears for, for George Hallis and was a world war II vet and was basically my, my second dad with my dad being gone as much as he was. And I, I would love to be able to see him and hear his voice. And, and the whole pitch is for me, I, I'm comforted by my dad's voice, and all I have to do is go on YouTube, and I can watch. I can watch the Kirby Puckett home run. I can watch highlights of the Kirk Gibson home run. He's there. Um, interviews that he's done. But now, you know, you have a, a way to preserve your family's history by being told either from a kid up the family tree or from a parent or grandparent down the family tree. And it's there uh, forever. You can do it just audio. You can do it audio and video, which I think has a lot of value just because you want to see. I mean, I, my last memories of my dad were him, were, of him being really sick in the hospital. And, yeah. and if that's all I had in my mind of the lasting impression, I want to go back and see him vibrant and talking about why, why my family is what it is and, and who comes from where and what have you. So I think there's real value. And I, I'm glad that my friend in St. Louis, Tim McKernan, put this together. I'm glad that you're a part of it so that the interviews can be done really well. And uh, I, I think there's real value and it's a hell of a gift uh, with, with Christmas just around the corner. Yep. MySoundStory.com promo code purple, and you get that 20% off today uh, for a gift certificate. So yeah. Hey Joe, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. I would have done this by the way, without being, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not paid for, by buysoundstory.com, yeah, yeah. uh, but I would have done it anyway. But uh, you yeah, know he's fun. a shill who hates Randy. I, exactly, yes, Mark. hates the pa- hates oh, the man. hates the. Well, name the team: the Vikings, yeah. the yeah, Packers, yeah. the right on. Yeah, right on down the line. You never like yeah, the twins. No, I don't. Never yeah. like the twin. I barely did any it. twins game. I know. I. I but Tom Bernanski was was a dear friend. So I have that going for me. He friend of the show. Me. Bruno, yeah, was, he? when he was when he was the hitting coach, he was a weekly guest on on our on our other our old. He was so show. funny! Oh my god, what never a should have been dude. traded though, Joe. One of the worst <laughs> trades the Twins ever. Tom, who'd you guys who, get? Alice and oh, Tom Her and that that open room for Alice in St. Louis. That's right, Tommy Her and Tommy Her wanted nothing to do with Minnesota. Now he really didn't like Minnesota. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, let's. He's yeah. from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so let's go storm Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> exactly. Hey, let him know off. how pissed it. we all are. Lay, <laughs> off, lay off Joe for 2004. Let's go let's after go to Tommy. Tommy Herb. Herb. Yeah, screw that. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Vikings and Bears, ESPN, ABC, Joe Buck. Uh, you are now a friend of the show here on Purple Daily. Thank you, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. It was a blast. Thanks, guys. All right. There he is. Great stuff. Boys. <laughs> We'll say goodbye to Joe. 
We'll keep it rolling here on Purple Daily, uh, presented by Quick Trip as well, Judd. A great place for you to stock up for these 13-degree days that are apparently uh, hitting us in the face today. That is exactly right. You, you know what? Quick Trip, as Phil just said, you can stock up. So gasoline, absolutely. Karuba coffee, absolutely. But you can also get all of your groceries there. Like, I mean, you can go quick. Quick Trip is an endless possibility of what you need um, in a time like this when, you know, it might be cold outside. You don't really want to go to the grocery store, park in the parking lot, right? You got to negotiate. You got to get a uh-uh-uh. Quick Trip's going to make your life as simple as possible. And And here's something else, too. When you're at Quick Trip, take a quick photo and tweet us. Access the Quick Trip trip. So we can see it here. So we can know that, you know what? The message on PD is working. Quick Trip is the place to stop for what you need. Yeah. And Joe, while you're at it, uh, cheers to Joe Buck. Cheers to new friend of the show, Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should send him home with one of those surly before I dialoguers is what we should do. I'm going to be, be there tonight. Perhaps I can find him in the press box and I can say, Joe, I want you can to. Can you bring beer into the press box without getting accosted by public? Oh, yeah, I can bring, you can bring it in there. <laughs> You just oh, can't yeah. have beer on your breath necessarily. Well, yeah. I wouldn't bring like a 12 pack in like I, Hey guys, what's going on with a 12 pack? Hi. But I'm going to tell you, I would bring in a surly before I die Where's for Joe seat? Buck. Cause you know what? Cause you know what? Joe Buck's call of, of the digs touchdown. It, it basically symbolized. It symbolized the hope of before I die that surly puts out that this show talks about furious, Logic Bomb. I could go through any number of beers that during the long weekend Sports Dad enjoyed. And, of course, when you're enjoying that beer, take that picture of it. And X us that as well. Tweet us that as well. We want to see your surly, whatever you're sipping on, at Jay Zolgat, at Score North. We always love to see the engagement on social media. Yeah, so, yeah, debrief session here. That was great. Mm-hmm. Just, Fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I've ever have we ever had him on the old radio show maybe once. I don't get him remember. on once. Did you guys get him on during like Super Bowl week when that was here? I'm trying to remember. I don't. That might have been the first time. I mean, you talked to Joe with your old media job. That I think that's oh, yeah. the first time I've ever talked to Joe Buck. Yeah, I talked to him quite a few times back then. Okay. Um, and he is my yeah he, he's my age, so he was in his 30s then. But I mean, hell, he started on Cardinals games with his dad at like the age of 21 or something yeah. like that. So he's been in the business forever. Um, and he actually had a book that came out, I want to say a year ago. And I've read part of the book. It's good. He's he's a guy who has grown up in a business that is incredibly cutthroat. Yeah. Like, no, it's, uh, I think, you know, I feel like Monday Night Football for 10 years maybe and then Gruden for a while Gruden was kind of splashy but Monday night football lost its way in terms of like it, Sunday night football became clearly and, oh, yeah. and maybe still is to some extent but clearly the biggest game of the week waiting uh-huh. all day for Sunday night and you had I believe you had uh, some some ESPN producers too that kind of came over and you know made that a bigger feeling thing than it was before but then the hiring of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and then the the Manning cast on ESPN2, we could probably compare like the quality of games on Monday night versus Sunday and kind of nitpick that. But it, it feels huge again with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for the first time in 10, 12 years. And Sunday night football, I believe, started flex scheduling, or which was a, was a deal 
uh, changer in like 2008. This is the first year this year. In fact, tonight's game was the first game ever that could have been flexed. It was not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and Monday night football started to run through so many broadcasters, right? So many play by play guys, the Buck Aikman team was a, was like their first really notable team in forever. And the thing is, so in watching games, especially yesterday, the one thing I will say is, is this, because I know that Joe and Troy are like really good friends. And so it made sense for them to stick together. And I think Fox basically didn't try and keep Troy hard. But, you know, when I watch games, the one thing, and this goes back to the entire conversation that we just had with Joe about the Minneapolis Miracle Call. The amount of analysts now who step on end of game big plays is incredible now that has always been that way and i get it local radio right but like the end of that philadelphia buffalo game and and i actually think that romo is improved from last year i think he's doing like he was off i thought a year ago i think his calls are he talks a ton but i think he's better this year but at the end of that game like he started talking right away and I think the chemistry between like Joe and Troy is good enough where that does not happen. And can you imagine if Aikman had started babbling? Yeah, because you can as soon as Diggs scored, you'll have plenty of time once they start yeah. once once production starts showing the replay and stuff. Right, you'll have plenty of time to to say what you need to say. We did see Kevin Harlan is another one where I, mm. I I'd love to see him get like the top job somewhere at some point. But you know, age wise, Joe Buck's not going anywhere. Jim Nance, I think, is older than Kevin Harlan, but Jim Nance is still going to do this for another 10, 15 years. But there was a video clip of Harlan. I can't remember if it was a TNT. If It was March Madness, I think, where something's happening. Here we go. And, and they had the video on him. And was it Reggie and somebody else? And he's literally, so he's calling this crucial moment, 10, 5, here we go, game-winning shot. And he's, and he's got his arm out telling those guys, like, Wait, wait, wait. He's he's directing as he's doing play by play. And I that that's something that's so fascinating is it's not just like talking and describing a play. There's all this preparation, there's timing like you said. And just to go back to cuz in he I don't know if we were going to bring up the Moss thing, but he brought it up so it was worth sort of exploring. If you go back and listen to that broadcast, it was the 2004 playoffs, 2005 calendar year of, of January of 2005. And uh, the Vikings beat the Packers at Lambeau Field in a playoff game. And Moss does the fake mooning thing. And Joe didn't, I don't think, knew, he didn't know the backstory at the time that, that Packers fans moon the Vikings team bus. And Moss was just kind of giving it back to him, whatever. Right. But if you listen to that broadcast, first of all, it was Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Chris Collinsworth was the third guy on that broadcast. <laughs> and they were all so much more critical than you would hear them being now. I mean, Chris Collinsworth loves it, right, Declan? Chris Collinsworth loves everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, just a good guy and loves to hang out with his buddies, you know, all the all the, all the boys <laughs> together, Thanksgiving table. He got the turducket and the stuffing. There's a lot of good <laughs> stuff that's all around. <laughs> And you listen now, and Col- you know Collinsworth loves everyone. Back yeah, in the right. day, he was, I don't know if he had a chip <laughs> on his shoulder, but I think Buck, too, you know, that's Buck was in his 30s at the time. Right. A little chip on his shoulder, young broadcaster. And it's just amazing to hear how he has changed in that role. And I think hopefully Vikings fans view him differently than they did in 2004, 5, and right. 2006. That's all yeah. I would say. And I also think of all of the Vikings in 2000, at that time that he could have 
criticized, right? Like almost anyone. And it wouldn't have been like that because we still love Moss. Mm-hmm. Like that was, you know, through that first, that first stint of Moss. I, I mean, you know, to go back to a conversation that we've had plenty, but he changed, he changed the game and he changed the franchise. And so I think the perception of a personal attack, but at that time, I don't think anybody knew because I, I was covering that game in the press box in green Bay. I don't think anybody knew why he did that. And that's what was sort of weird at the time. And then you find out the backstory. It's like, Oh, it's sort of funny. Yeah. But, but you know, that's the thing that was different then. So yeah, I, I just think, I think the Diggs call, and, and it's interesting that Joe said that that's his top personal call. Like that's a lot of events. This dude called world series from yeah. what? Dude, nine, 96 stuck that landing. Like that yeah, was a did. perfect call. I thought the only one that might top it, although it wasn't necessarily really his, was the tribute to his dad during the Rangers Cardinals game, mm-hmm. which which was awesome. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he that's the perfect like mesh of a call, and just allowing. Again, if Aikman had come in, it would have ruined it. And yeah. the fact that he didn't come in and let that thing just breathe is just fantastic. I mean, we, we see it all the time, even in like. WWE like that happened this Saturday when CM Punk comes back and it's a complete shock I mean Michael Cole probably was in on it at the last minute but there's even the, yeah. there's even a camera view Judd of like when the, the graphics on they're gonna sign off like the, the pay-per-view's all over and then all of a sudden Punk's music hits and you even see Michael Cole like kind of do the stand back of oh my what, what don't no no one no no one say anything no, nothing I can say is going to add to this moment let's just listen to the crowd pop exactly yeah. and that letting that tell the story and and Joe's right radio versus TV completely different ball game it is so much more difficult on radio to honestly describe those acts because you are the eyes and ears for everything where TV you can kind of let things marinate and breathe a little bit uh, but it is an art and it and it and it's very difficult to do. Yep. And Joe Buck is very, very good at it. And we appreciate him taking some time out of his uh, busy day here, Monday Night Football, Bears and Vikings. Uh, one more shout out to our friends at Federated for helping power Purple Daily and all across the Score North network of podcasts. Federated's like having a great offensive line for your business. They're all about risk management, they're all about protection. And they've been doing it since 1904. So, 100 years of experience. They're based in Owatonna, Minnesota. So, they are one of us, so to speak. If you are a next generation business owner, they would love to uh, help you in your path forward the next 10, 15, 20 years as you grow into maybe owning a company for the first time or taking over a company. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys. Now we have to go and uh, hydrate and get loose, get ready for Vikings Vent Line tonight. Get that coffee, get Mm -hmm. that caffeine. And. We'll see you guys for uh, the most fan-friendly, interactive show in all of Minnesota sports, Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Thank you, guys.